Drew Mackey, good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm well, Jill. How are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, thanks for joining the show again. It was probably about two years ago, I think, that um, that we met at the South Burnett and uh, you gave us the fabulous tour and we had you on the show. That would have been about right? Yeah, I think so. And, and people are missing you here, Jill. You should come back soon. Oh, God, I love hearing that. Uh, I definitely will. I absolutely will. Um it was, uh, it was breathtakingly beautiful. I actually, actually, I think it might have been May because I remember it being. It was very cold, but it was, uh, but it was gorgeous. And um, I need to come back anyway to see the progress of um, of Dusty Hill and uh, everything yeah. that's being built there. So, so what's what's going on there? Uh, there's a uh, twenty room motel and a brewery and a distillery getting built. Um, uh, so accommodation, uh, lots of accommodation. Um, there's right. still the cellar door and the restaurant are going strongly. And uh, But the whole region seems to be developing a little bit because I, I think people have discovered there's a wine region here for, for wine and mm. we're really only 100, we're 120 kilometres due west of Noosa and we're only, we're seriously only, uh, we're under three hours from Brisbane and an hour and a half from the um, from the Sunshine Coast or two hours from the Sunshine Coast. So I think people are discovering it. There's lots of accommodation opening up. Um, the weather here is beautiful. As you know, it's a little bit drier than the coast. So And it's 300 metres above sea level. So um, we just get that less humidity and we still have the heat, but it's a drier heat here. Yes. it's Well, it's, it's, you've got some great... Um uh, great climate and uh, weather conditions for for you know, wine making and a lot you've got lots of different beautiful produce uh, around there. What are, what's some of the other produce that you're famous for? Uh, lots of obviously food based uh, products, um, but it's a it's a it's a cattle. There's I mean King are always known for its peanuts, but there's a cattle industry, a massive cattle industry here as well. Yeah. Um, and then, and in Gamari, there's the local bakery. I mean, which is really well known. It's um, it's French patisserie based, I suppose. And um, uh, so there's there's a chocolate there's a chocolate shop there now. Uh, there's lots of little places opening up. Well, it's it is a gorgeous little place, and I think it's 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 definitely warranted to do it with we spruik it. Um, when I did visit it, it's, it's just got this beautiful community spirit. And just for uh, people who are just joining us, this is Drew Mackey. He's the winemaker at Dusty Hill Winery. And this is in the South Burnett region in Queensland. At, um, and most people would not have even heard of it, but I was so surprised at, at how at how many varietals you're producing so very so very well um, and what the town actually has to offer. And I think you're right, there's a, a lot more of a spotlight um, on South Burnett as a region for people just to visit for a weekend, you know, given the proximity it is to the Sunshine Coast, etc. It's an easy weekend, stay overnight or even just a day trip. Um, Mary's gorgeous with the bakery, the um, the beautiful, uh, uh, the dusty hill. What's, what's, what's the... Um, What's the Irish pub called? That huge, gorgeous Irish pub. Uh, Prendergast Heaven. Prendergast Heaven. Thank you. I had a beautiful meal there. Like, what? what I guess the money that's being spent in the region is really going uh, to good places. It's going far. And you're talking about the accommodation. I think when I was there a couple of years ago, 
you've just started building the accommodation and it was actually, I guess, um, promoted as a wedding venue, you know, somewhere that you can just pick everyone up, you can have like 200 guests and everyone stay and you wouldn't really expect that from this region. So it's it's definitely, you know, being put on the map and, um, and I'm hoping that we can help you with that. So let's let's talk uh, Vintage 23. What was it like? What uh, what was the fruit like? What were the varietals that did really well? Um, well, I think uh, people who have been making wine here for a long time have called it vintage of the decade. And, I mean... Um, Good. Yeah, and as far as I'm concerned, like, it's one of the great... I've been here nearly 10 years, and it's one of the best vintages that I've ever experienced. Um, and I just think... Uh, you know, we had that really wet winter in 2022, um, which gave us, which filled up the dam, which makes everything look so good out here. But um, and then it tapered towards the end of the year, and by it just stopped in mid-November. It stopped in 2022, just stopped raining. So um, flower flowering was great. There was no problem there. And then it didn't start raining again until um, March 23. So we had this perfect. Uh, season of ripening and um, you know we, we get that quite often but what it allowed us to do is just um, pick when we wanted to pick but it also allowed uh, I, I think one of the I saw the fruit um, all the parameters in the fruit kind of aligned and so you got this you got this great fruit ripeness you got varietal flavor you got great acid like, like pHs were low the fruit Ripeness was exceptional. Um, the seeds coloured and ripened. The skins and the pulps, all all those textures. So we could just um, we had these great berries from that from that season, and um, we we could pick whenever we liked. So as far as um, you know, if you wanted to generalise, um, the white, all the white wines, just their their texture and their acidity, the line of acidity are exceptional. And it meant, for example. At Dusty Hill um, with a Vidello, instead of just doing one pick, we could do um, we could pick at a certain um, bone level or sugar ripeness level, and then we could leave it for a couple of weeks and then pick again. So instead of just having one wine fermenting, we had four. We actually had four different Vidello ferments. Wow! Which means which means that um, in the end, you can treat them all differently. And you can build complexity by using different yeasts and, and um, you know, fermenting them slightly differently. And in the end, then you can, um, post-ferment, you can back-blend them. And you end up with these wines that are much more complex because you've had that opportunity. Um, you know, uh, and that happened with the reds as well. Like we, um, we got to pick when we wanted to pick, and so we could get them to exactly... The ripeness levels where we wanted to what we, that we wanted to achieve. Well, so it's like the Holy Grail vintage. You're right. That was um, that's so. We should really be paying attention if we see a, you know, a, a, a Queensland or a South Burnett wine from 23. We should be getting our hands on it. Yeah, I think so. I think, and I think um, one of the main differences you can look at the red wines. I mean, we're subtropical and we we irrigate, so we always get. Um, a level of fruit ripeness, and, and so we attain varietal character every year almost, um, well, every year. But then um, the wines to me this year, and, and so that, and, and I always think to myself, you know, you, you taste the wines a year later and you go, oh, they're, they're so delicious. Mm. They have that varietal character, the reds, 
And, and I think to myself, well, why would you um, sell all these wines? Why would you keep them for two or three years? Why not just drink them now, even though they probably will sell it for two or three years? That primary, you, you just, that lovely primary fruit flavour that you want to taste is there already. So, but um, these wines, the difference with the 2023s, I think, just because of the density of them and just the, the acid line, and they just, I can see why you would want to sell all them for four or five years. They, they just have that, um, they're already tasting great, but they're going to get better and better in the bottle, I believe. Yeah, okay, well, of course. I do remember having your aged Vidello, um, like it was like seriously, seriously aged, 20, was it, was it like 20 years or something? What, you you oh, yeah, remember yeah. that better than me? Fortified Vidello, yeah, yeah. That was actually, outstanding. Yeah, yeah that, actually we did three picks of the Vidello because we did two for the table wine and then we did one for the Fortified, which we mm. left for another month on the vine. So we just got um, the... Grapes were, were even shriveled and um, their sugar levels were really high, uh, but they were so clean, there was no d- disease. Or uh, So um, we were able to pick them really late. And 20, I mean, those wines have gone to barrel and they'll probably be in barrel <laughs> for 10 years. But you can already see how exceptional they're going to be. They've just got this beautiful balance. Um, they actually taste sensational. Like You can bottle them now, but they haven't attained any of that you know, those tertiary characters, the rancio, the toffee, the chocolate that we're trying to attain with those fortified. So they're still young and fresh. Oh, well, that that was so good. You've actually got quite a lot of varietals. And I think this is, from from an education perspective, uh, for people who don't know Queensland wines, um, the wines that grow up so, so the varietals that grow so beautifully up around there, obviously, Vidello, gosh, so so well. Uh, Semillon, Viognier. Your Tempranillos yep. and my probably absolute favourite uh, up there, the Saparavi. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And I, that, um, Saparavi retains its acidity really well. And, I mean, mm. it has that amazing um, colour. It's one of the Tiena Turia grapes that um, have a – it's actually pink-fleshed. But um, when you when you work with it, it's amazing. It's thick-skinned. Um, it, so it has some um, disease resistance. But it's, it's and it's really productive. Uh, we made twenty twenty three is exceptional wine. It's um, got some really deep fruit characters. But it we made a wine that would last a fair while. It, it's got some real structure and it's got some real astringent. Uh, it's got that really phenolic background to it, mm-hmm. which I wanted to make a wine that would go really well with food. Um, I wanted to wine make a wine that would um, age well. So I think we achieved that in twenty twenty three. Yeah, okay, well, I, it might have been in 19 that I had of the Saparavi. I, I came away with buying quite a few of your wines, and they, they were just gorgeous. The Italian varietals grow very well. The Fianos, Montepulciano's, Nebbiolo's, they do really well in um, the South Burnett region as well, don't they? I think, I think that's what we've found here is, um, you know, 20 years ago when vines were first being planted here, I think the French, the common French varietals were the ones that were available um, that is Shiraz, um, Cabernet, Sauvignon, Merlot, um, and now the world, the globe, the world is so expanded, and there's so many more uh, varieties available to plant. And we find that uh, a lot of the Mediterranean varietals uh, actually work really well here. It's just about when they ripen, but also how they. Uh, disease resistant and how they retain acidity, which is 
really key to this environment with this warmer climate. So, um, yeah, we find that you're, you're exactly right. Exactly what you're saying is right. The Monte Pucciano, um, the Saparavi, uh, the Fiano, they're all doing really, really well. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so how many, you've got uh, a few different ranges. You've got the Dusty Hill range, um, and I don't know if you still do, but you definitely have, I love, the Grafion range. Do you still have the Grafion? Yeah, and, and those come from the, the Dusty Hill is an estate range, and they come off the original um, estate, and the Grafion, um, they come off the newer blocks. So um, that's how that works. And, yeah, definitely that range is available, and... Um, yeah, going, you know, they're quite unique wines, those Gorfians. So, um, Gorfians. So, yeah, we're, they're certainly available at the moment. So the Grafion, um, I, I actually think this is this is so beautiful and romantic. Grafion, so for all listeners, it's spelled G-R-A-F-I-O-N, so two words, and it means love wine in Celtic. Is that right? Yeah. Celtic? Yeah. So yeah, can you tell us I the story that's... of what the Celtic background is? Well, I think there's that Irish heritage from the Prendergast that um, that that totally identify with that. So yeah, I think that's the, the connection, and they um, I think they're really proud of that heritage. So they they've named wines after it. Yeah, sure, and and, and they should be. So how do we um, how do we buy these wines apart from obviously Cellador, um, which I believe is closed for vintage uh, all of February? Um, how do you yeah. buy them? Where do we go online? Uh, there's a website, it's just www.dustyhill.com.au um, and, or you can just phone directly, uh, they'll send they'll send wine out to you. Oh, okay, there we go. Honestly, it's, there's, the wines were so, so good. Now, you are quite a, um, I do remember, you're quite the chef. <laughs> yeah, well, at, least, at, at least you told me uh, that. <laughs> I, think, I think I pretend to be, Jill. I'm not so <laughs> okay. sure that I am. But I do, I, th- I mean, that's that's the interest in wine, isn't it? So much so that um, when you are going to eat something, you, you just automatically think about wines that will suit that dish, you know? And so, yeah, like, to that extent I am, yeah. <laughs> but but um, there's a lot of chefs out there that wouldn't call me a food person. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, okay, well, what's, what's one of your favourite dishes to make and, and match to one of your wines? Give us an example. Uh, okay, so I'd say I do this. Uh, uh, I do a slow cooked chicken, um, a burgandy chicken, I suppose it is, but it's it's mm. in a and it uses uh, whole potatoes and whole onions and um, garlic and it, and it cooks all day. And then because it has that beautiful creamy texture and the and the uh, the meat is soft, I love matching our viognier with it and. Um, yes. 2023 Viognier is one of the wines that just really worked. It's got mm. that, um, it's got that back because we we barrel ferment it, and then we and and um, and then we barrel age it, and before we bottle it, and so it has that beautiful creamy texture. But because we just had that great vintage, um, the line of acidity keeps it like really really fresh. You not only get that. Um, stone fruit character of the apricot or the nectarine, but you also get a little citrus note, and it's really fine. It's not, it doesn't get oily or waxy like that at all. It has that lovely um, line of acidity that keeps it keeps it flying really well. So yeah, I love that match. 
Nice. That actually sounds quite mouthwatering. I do remember that your Viognier was uh, was absolutely outstanding. One of my favourite varietals, and I'm very happy to be seeing it, um, you know, pretty much, you know, everywhere. I mean, Barossa produces gorgeous, uh, absolutely gorgeous Viognier, and you think it's got that perfect, um, perfect climate and ripening for it. Given that Queensland is very different. Well, the South Burnett um, terroir is very different to Barossa. Why would you say that it's growing so well in both? Yeah, I think um, Barossa is that warmer climate as well. So I I think um, you have to be really careful about uh, when you pick Viognier. It has this small window. And actually, when you're serving Viognier, it's the same thing. It has this um, temperature a serving temperature that's a small window so if you serve it too cold or too warm you don't get the, you don't get the essence of the wine and it's the same with picking it it's a small window and the people who pick it um accordingly and understand that get a really good result but if yeah. you let it, if you let it get too ripe then it you end up with those waxier um flabbier wines and if you pick it too early you don't get the the varietal character that you need so i would say that when if you're tasting um, good, good Barossa and Viognier, those people have really, really worked out when to pick it. And definitely here, we monitor it. We have, it's one of the ones that we monitor daily when we go to pick it and um, we jump on it as soon as we think it's ripe. So we don't let it get overripe at all. We pick it, I would mm-hmm. say we pick it on the earlier of the ripening cusp than, yep. than later. Yeah. Well, you don't want it too ripe. It's that sort of grape that... I mean, part of the beauty of it, we, we, we love how, how full-flavoured it is, but you don't mm. want it too much. It'd, it'd be a bit too much of a punch in the face, wouldn't it? So I understand yeah, why you want to pick it just before it gets too too ripe. I just think, you know, and you can see some of those conjures the way it comes from in France, you can see some of them get oilier and a little bit heavier and waxier. Mm. And, um, and uh, it, I mean, the first class is great, and I, I think they're a bit cumbersome sometimes with food. Um, but the second, it's difficult to have a second glass of them, whereas when it's really fresh and lively and um, the flavours are working off the acid, then I think that's when it becomes really attractive. Yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, look, I'm so I'm such a champion of, uh, of the wines out there. You guys are doing a great job. And I know you come up, probably come up uh, against a lot of people just being quite uh, surprised that, um, that such great wines can be produced in Queensland. And do, do you find that you spend a fair bit of time explaining to people why and how you're producing good wines there? And you know, do you get people who are very surprised or not so much anymore? Jill, they try and keep me away from people. But... <laughs> But um, uh, when I do go to cellar door, I quite often run into people and, and they're, they're, they're exactly what you're saying. They're so open-eyed and surprised and they're like full of praise, um, which is it's great. But uh, um, they just get so surprised that there's an industry here that we're making really approachable, um, very, very clean. We're like very, very yeah. anti-anything. Um any problems with the wines, we just won't release them or anything like that. So, and quite often those people end up coming over to the cellar and we have a chat and they look around and they're just um, wide-eyed because the facility's so, um, it's, it's like, I'd be happy to work in this facility anywhere in the world. It's just, it's a really great, um, it's been set up really well. So, yeah, I get, we get that all the time. And I think um, even in general, Queensland wine still gets that. You know, yeah. people in the granite belt would still be getting that because mm-hmm. um, what is what? And I think it's based in 
the fact that there's a lot of small producers. So, you know, small producers don't get that exposure even around Australia. They get, you know, they have sell it all this, people come there, but then they don't get that exposure. And, and in Queensland, we there's a couple of bigger players, but they tend not to be um, domestically in, in bottle shops all around Australia. So so that's why people are surprised, because they don't even know um, that it exists. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's just like an, on, an ongoing thing, but thank goodness we've got someone like you to uh, to explain it to them. Look, Drew, this is it's always fun chatting to you, mate, and it was such a pleasure to meet you a couple of years ago. I'll, I'll make sure I get down there this year for sure and we can check out the 24 Vintage, yeah? I would love that too. Yeah, Take good care. stuff. I, I will be in touch. Thank you so much, mate.